Good afternoon and welcome to Full Armor Radio. Um, I am John O'Rourke, a missionary evangelist in the Tri-Cities area here in East Tennessee. Uh, ministry is at uh, www.fullarmorministries.org, F-U-L-L-A-R-M-O-U-R, ministries.org. I'm doing this podcast today after a long day. Um, we were at the abortion clinic this morning um, and then did evangelism all this afternoon. Uh, it's actually an event that happened this afternoon during evangelism that prompted me to want to do this podcast today. Um, this podcast is going to be on the necessity of emphasizing justification by faith alone in evangelism, especially the alone. Um, not It's not justification by faith Justification by faith plus works. We reject that biblically. It's justification by faith alone. So we're going to walk through some text today. But first, I wanted to play the recording of a fellow that I talked to this afternoon. And you will see that works righteousness is alive and well in the minds of professing Christians. I want you to listen to this guy. I ask him my typical question, you know, if, if um, you know, <clears throat> what will happen to you when you die? He says that he believes will go to heaven, or he believes in heaven and hell, because he says he's a Christian. And that I ask him, why should God let you into heaven? And that's going to be his answer. So hopefully, you can hear this. Believe in an afterlife or that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I would, I would say I'm a Christian guy. Okay. So, I think you'll live a good Christian life and then live with your values when you go to heaven. Okay. So, if you were to die today and stand before God and He says, Why should I let you into heaven? On what basis? How would you answer that question? So, the question is On what basis should God let him into heaven? Here's his answer. I've lived a good life. I, I kind of I go out every day and I try to like better myself. Uh, right now I'm serving my country, so I kind of feel like that would help me out a little bit. Um, I donate to charities. I try to offer myself. Uh, when I was in basic training in AIT, I would always pray. Not just for me, but like we had a lot of injured people. I prayed for them. Uh, I would always try to help out like everybody around me. Uh, okay. So you think you're a good person? Yeah. So what's his answer? Why should God let him to heaven? Well, he gives to charity. He's in the military. Um, he you know, tries to better himself. He prays for other people. These are the things that he thinks will get him into heaven. You'll notice, this is a guy who said a minute ago that he is a Christian. You'll notice what is absent and this list of things that will get him to heaven. What's absent from it is Jesus. What is absent from his mind on what will save him, that what will get him into heaven, is Jesus. doesn't even list him at all. So we're talking with somebody who really thinks that they are good enough to go to heaven, or at least hopes they're good enough to go to heaven. Well, what do we think about this? Does the Bible address this? Well, of course it does. This is the question of justification, or how we are made right before God. 
how God can accept our persons as righteous instead of guilty, um, how God, really the grounds by which God can forgive us of our sins. So, in terms of being justified by works of the law, what does the Bible say about that? Well, if you know anything about the Bible, hopefully you understand that you cannot be justified by works of the law. For example, in Romans chapter 3, it says in verse, excuse me, in verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that's in Jesus Christ, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. He also says um, earlier in verse 20, he says, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So what's the basis of justification according to these texts? Well, it's not our works of the law. It says in verse 24, it's Romans chapter 3, that we're justified by his grace as a gift. How? Through what? Through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom he put forth as a propitiation by his blood. Now that word propitiation is really important. Propitiation means a turning away of God's wrath by a sacrifice. So instead of me getting God's wrath, um, Jesus is taking it instead. So he's turning away, God's turning the way away his wrath from me and turning it towards Jesus in my place. He's a propitiation. He's a substitute. This is penal substitution. It says and it's to be received by faith. <clears throat> it's not received by works. You don't get justification by trying to be a good person. You don't get justification by praying or by being in the military, certainly not or by um, trying to be a good guy and better yourself. Think about it. If, if you were on, on trial in a courtroom and you were, um, you said, Judge, well, you know, I, I broke, you know, I robbed a couple banks, I killed a couple guys, but, you know, I'm really trying to better myself. I'm trying to turn my life around. I'm really trying to be a good person. I do a lot of good things, too. Can the judge let you go and still uphold justice? Of course he can't. Of course not. Justice would demand, while you're guilty, you're going to have to bear your penalty. That's what justice would demand. So the only way we can be, receive mercy from God is that Jesus takes the just penalty in our place as a substitute. He's the propitiation for our sins. Great verse of scripture is Galatians 2, 16. It says, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So this fellow I was talking to before, he is hoping in his own works that that will justify him before God. That God will say, you know what, you've done well enough. I declare you righteous in my sight and you can come and enjoy heaven with me. But according to scripture, that's not it at all. Because what's the standard in order to get to heaven? How good would somebody have to be to go to heaven? Well, they'd have to be perfect. And Jesus said, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect in Matthew 5, 48. It also says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, for all who rely on works of the law, that is for justification, all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Why? He says, for it's written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So how can you not be cursed by God, but you have to do everything he says perfectly? So what's it say? Yes, you're under a curse if you try to be justified by the law because you're not perfect. So what's Paul say? Verse 11. Now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. 
For the righteous shall live by faith, or in other words, the one who by faith is righteous shall live. Another way that could be rendered. So if you're righteous through faith, you're justified by faith, you will live through that justification by faith alone. Verse 12, but the law is not of faith. See, law-keeping and faith are different categories. The law is not of faith. They're not in the same category. The law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you do them, you'll have life by them. So yeah, if you want to go to heaven by works, sure, go ahead. Be perfect. Have no original sin. Do not have a sin nature and live a perfect life. Then you can go to heaven by, based upon your works. And Paul's saying, of course you can't do that. Of course not. That's why he says earlier, like I said, everybody's under a curse if you're trying to rely upon your own works because you have to do everything perfectly. If you wanted to get heaven by works, you'd have to be perfect. So it's not possible for us. So Paul says in verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's the punishment, the hell that we deserve. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Okay, He takes on the penalty in our place. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So it says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So in other words, what's the whole point here? You can't be justified before God by doing good works unless you are perfect from conception, no sin nature, and no actual sins. Well, everybody has a sin nature, and everybody commits actual sins, um, and that's therefore we're all under the curse of God unless we're justified by Christ, what Christ did. This is so, so important to emphasize in evangelism. So we have a guy like I talked to today who just basically believes that salvation is just about obedience. Well, he went on later to say, no, you have to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior too. Okay, So he was kind of trying a mix of things. What about that? Can we say, well, yeah, we get to heaven. We need Jesus. We need Jesus to get to heaven. But we also have to be a good person to get to heaven. Are we, are we saying that? No, no, because it's like this. It's like in the courtroom. If I say to the judge, well, yeah, I broke a lot of laws. I, I murdered six guys and robbed a couple of banks. But I do try to be a really good person. You know, I try to be a good person too. Um, that's not going to work. Now, if we go before God and say, well, no, I definitely need Jesus. Jesus is so important. Um, I, I trust that what he did, <clears throat> that he, he took the penalty on the cross for my sins. That's very important. And, you know, I was baptized and, and I went to church and I gave to charity. What, what are we really saying God should look at them? We're saying that God should look at us and assess our lives for what we've done. Well, if God assesses our lives by what we've done, will he find us innocent or guilty? Well, he's going to find us guilty. If he looks at your life, the standard is perfection. If you haven't lived perfectly, then you're going to be found guilty. What you want in order to be saved is for God to not assess what you have done, but to assess what Jesus has done in your place. That's what you want. You want him to look at Jesus's perfect righteousness that's credited to you or imputed to you. You want to look. You want him to look at look at you and say your guilt has been thrown away. That has been taken away by Jesus, and you've been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. That is the gospel. That's justification. That's what you want. So if you say justification is by faith plus works, like so many do, very few people say justification is by works only. Um, very few people say that. Most people say justification is by faith plus works. This would include Roman Catholics, for example. So what do we do about that? Well, this is addressed as well in the book of Galatians. Actually, what he's addressing in all these texts. But Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, 
are especially telling when it comes to adding works to justification. So Galatians 5, 1 through 6 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What's the yoke of slavery? Trying to be justified by works. Okay, that's what the yoke of slavery is. Trying to be justified by works, um, which is possible. You're enslaved to it. Verse 2, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. It's a big statement. Christ will have no advantage to you if you accept circumcision. Well, for what? Well, if you accept circumcision for justification, that's the context. Not saying if you're circumcised, then you can't be a Christian. I'm saying that if you accept circumcision as a means or as necessary for salvation, necessary for justification, um, then Christ will have no advantage to you. Notice Paul's thinking here. It's either you save yourself by works or Christ saves you entirely, and it cannot be a mix of the two. Romans 11.6, it says, If it's by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace would no longer be grace. See, in God's thinking in the Bible, it's either salvation is by grace or it's by your works. Remember, in order to get salvation by your works, what do you have to do? Be perfect. That's not possible. So the only option is that Jesus purchases it with his own blood and he gives it to you as a gift. That's it. So the Galatian heresy, the Judaizers, the false teachers here, were teaching justification by Christ through faith plus works. Faith plus circumcision. Faith plus dietary laws. Faith plus feast days. That's what they were teaching if you read through the book. So he's bringing up circumcision here. If you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you, meaning you are not saved. You are not a Christian. If you think that justification is by faith plus even one work, if you say, yeah, no, we're justified by, by faith, plus you have to be baptized, that's the same exact type of error that's being made here. It's what the, what the so-called Church of Christ says, is that being baptized is necessary for salvation. That is, that's refuted here. Circumcision, in this case, Paul says that's not necessary for justification. That's not a means to your justification. It's not faith plus circumcision that gets you saved. According to the Church of Christ, for example, to be saved, it's faith, repentance, immersion, baptism, and living a holy life. That's going to get you into heaven. Those things. Faith, repentance, plus baptism, plus a holy life. In fact, they say that you cannot go to heaven unless you're baptized. Okay? That explains it all. They're saying that... that uh, baptism is necessary for salvation. Well, in this case, similarly, the Judaizers are saying that circumcision is necessary for justification. He goes on in verse 3. He says, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he's obligated to keep the whole law. What happens if you're obligated to keep the whole law? Well, remember Galatians 3, you're under the curse of God. If, you, if it's on you to keep the whole law, well, you haven't done it, so you're under God's curse. Remember, Curses everyone who does not abide by all things in the book of the law. So I testify against every man who accepts circumcision that he's obligated to keep the whole law by himself. It's on you. Christ doesn't will have no advantage to you anymore. Verse 4, he says, You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You are not in Christ if you try to be justified by the law. You are not a Christian. Even if it's Christ plus works, that's what he's saying here. You are not saved says, you are severed from Christ. You're not united to Christ. You're severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. If you want to try to be justified by the law at all, even just adding one single work, like in this case, it was adding circumcision, 
Paul's stance here, God's stance here, is that you are not a Christian at all. Salvation must either be completely by grace or completely by works. And we can't do it by works. So it must be completely by grace. It says, You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. What does that mean, fallen away from grace? It does not mean that true Christians have lost their salvation, as some people erroneously teach. What it does mean is that they have completely fallen away from the gospel, from the grace. Because they can say, no, this, there's still grace in the gospel. You know, yeah, we, we say salvation is by grace. You just have to do a few things, too. Paul's saying that's not grace. Remember Romans 11, he says, if it's by grace, it's no longer by works. Otherwise, grace would no long, is, wouldn't be grace. Okay, it's either grace or it's works. He's saying you have fallen away from grace entirely. Even just by adding one work, you've completely fallen away from a gracious system of salvation. So they would say, no, salvation is by grace through faith. Absolutely. But what's the Protestant Reformation? What did it recover from texts like this? That grace through faith is not accurate enough. Salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Many people would affirm, yeah, you need faith. Oh, faith is necessary. It's very important. The Judaizers would affirm that. But the alone part is with the Judaizers, the Roman Catholics, the Church of Christ, and so on. They reject that. And that's the big problem. That's why I was saying justification by faith alone is necessary to emphasize to people when doing evangelism. It's not something that they should learn later on. It's something they should probably know about as they grow as a Christian. Now, they need to understand, we have, a, we have a lot of false converts in America, lots of them. And part of that is they don't understand the gospel, and they don't understand um, the curse of God, the, the wrath of God, and their problem. They think that they're good. They think that they're good enough to get to heaven. So justification by faith, they say, oh, yeah, you have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but you also have to try to be a godly Christian person. That's, that's necessary. God's going to look at that and, and see if, if you're plus test you based upon that and say that's pretty good. They don't think that God's standard is perfection, and they don't think that they're really all that bad. So that needs to be nailed down. And then justification by faith alone is so important because, like I said, if you're asking God to assess you and Jesus, well, Jesus is perfect. There's a problem there. But if he's assessing you, then you're going to be found guilty. So it must be that God is assessing only what Jesus did, namely his perfect righteousness, which is the requirement to go to heaven. So Jesus' perfect righteousness is imputed to you, credited to your account legally. So now before God you stand is perfect. And then that guilt that you earned, that guilt that you, you got by breaking God's law, and the hell that you earned, the wrath that you earned, that is imputed to Jesus, and he's bore the penalty for it if you're a Christian. And that would mean that before God, now you have no guilt and you're perfect in God's sight, legally. Well, Jesus was treated legally as if he were a guilty sinner and punished for it. That's justification. That's penal substitution. Those things are vitally important here in the gospel. They're the heart of the gospel. So anybody who says, no, you know, justification by faith is really important, but then they want to add X, Y, and Z, that's a false gospel. That's a false gospel. According to Galatians chapter 5, 1 through 6, Paul identifies it very clearly as a false gospel. He says, you're not saved. Christ will be of no advantage to you. You're severed from Christ. You're obligated to keep the whole law. That's the Holy Spirit's position on the gospel. you got to get it right. You must get it right. Vitally, vitally important. So, when doing a gospel presentation, 
to unbelievers. Again, remember, they're naturally, naturally going to think, God will accept me by being a good person. They're going to think that. And that needs to be knocked out of their head with the true gospel. They need to be shown that they're a sinner. You know, walk through some of the law with them. Show them that they're guilty before God. Get them to admit their guilt and show them that God should give them justice. And then show them that what Jesus did in order to accomplish salvation for his people is to be their savior. Unless he lived a perfect life on their behalf and he took the penalty of their sins on the cross on their behalf. Emphasize to them even the fact that Jesus is called the Savior. What does that mean? That he saves people. People don't save themselves. He's the Savior, not you. I'm, I'm not even, it's not Jesus and me working together. It's Jesus alone. He accomplished it. Right before he died, he said, it is finished. Salvation has been accomplished. It's done. I can't add to it. It was completed already. It's done. The gospel is that Jesus accomplished salvation for his people by his life, death, burial, and resurrection for the justification of sinners before God, received by faith alone and not by works of the law. This cannot be emphasized enough. It's vitally important these days. And we need to reject every system that would would try to confuse or try to mix together uh, works and faith, try to make justification by faith plus works. We need to totally reject that. That'd be Roman Catholicism, Church of Christ, Federal Vision, New Perspectives on Paul, whatever it may be, whatever name it has, if it comes down to justification by faith plus works, get rid of it. Get it out of here. Jesus said, that he said to, to his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, any system that is works righteousness at all in any way is under the category of Pharisees. That's what they taught. They taught a works righteousness system. Jesus said to beware of these people. Beware of those who teach this sort of thing. He compared it to leaven, like yeast in a, in a lump of dough. Leaven... It tastes like a little bit, and then it goes in there, and it spreads, and it grows the lump of dough. And that's how false teaching works. You, you tolerate a little bit of it, and then all of a sudden it continues to spread. Maybe it takes over a whole person. Maybe it takes over a whole family. Maybe a whole church. Maybe a whole denomination. Maybe a whole nation. We need to snuff out the false teaching immediately. No matter who is teaching it, there's no respect of persons when it comes to defending the gospel. doesn't matter who's saying it. If somebody who's been a minister for 40 years, who's done great sermons, all of a sudden starts teaching a false gospel, they need to be corrected. They need to be refuted, and they need to be discarded. Their teaching needs to be discarded because it's, it's contrary to the gospel. This is about whether people are saved or not. Okay? If people want to um, argue with people who would agree with what I'm saying, myself saying that it's saying that you're being too nitpicky over these things, I don't think that those people understand what's at stake here. Okay, if you don't get this right, you're going to hell. That's what's at stake. You're under the curse of God. I don't want that for people. That is why I am so 
you know, adamant about this. It must be justification by faith alone. The alone is so important, not by works of the law. That is really, really, really important because it, it is the dividing line between whether you are saved or not. Galatians 5, 1 through 6, read it. If you disagree with this, read it, read it, read it over and over and over again. Read it. Okay? You are severed from Christ if you try to be justified by the law in any way. Okay? Justification is by Christ alone, through faith alone in Him. He accomplishes justification by His life and death, His imputed righteousness, and sin being imputed to Him. And that's received by faith alone, apart from works of the law. So important. So then somebody may ask, well then, where do the works come in? Works do not play any part in justification. They come as a fruit of salvation. They demonstrate that somebody's been saved. Works don't save somebody. They don't justify somebody. But they're in the category of sanctification, where you're striving to be more holy, obey God, and to put to death your sins. That's where obedience comes into play. Out of thankfulness to God, out of love for God, it's a result of being born again when God gives you a new heart and gives you a desire to obey Him. But none of those works gets you into heaven. God does not assess any of those works if you are a Christian in order to accept you into heaven. He only assesses what Jesus did. Thank God. Because if he assessed the works that I do as a Christian, I would go to hell because I'm not perfect. Okay? So, it comes down to what Jesus did only. All the works, all the fruit, and all the works that I do in my life as a Christian are not acceptable, uh, that do not make me acceptable before God. God accepts the works because of what Christ did, but they don't make me acceptable before God. Christ makes me acceptable before God. That's so, so important. So, um, to kind of wrap it up here, I think, to, to sum it up, when sharing the gospel with somebody, the gospel really comes down to justification by faith alone. You need to know your doctrinal categories, the biblical doctrinal categories. You need to know them. It's so important to understand the difference between justification and sanctification. That is one of the fundamental errors of Roman Catholicism. They say in their catechism, justification is not only the forgiveness of sins, but is also the sanctification and renewal of the interior man. I think that's right. Nevertheless, what they're saying is justification is sanctification. They mix them together. They put justification and sanctification in the exact same category. They are not the same category. They are distinct from one another. Justification is by faith alone, something that God does. Sanctification is a process. It's a process of becoming more Christ-like, being more holy, putting sin to death. Sanctification doesn't get you into heaven. Justification is what gets you into heaven. We'll close on this. Romans 5.9 Romans 5.9 says, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. What saves us from the wrath of God? Being justified by Jesus. That's what saves us from the wrath of God. Being justified by Jesus. So important. Having been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Justification is what gets you into heaven. It is what God does to save you from hell. That's what he does.
Jesus came to save his people from their sins. He did that by keeping the law on their behalf perfectly and by taking the penalty of their sins on the cross on their behalf so that they could be justified in God's sight. So we'll wrap it up there. Closing remarks here. Um, as I said earlier, I was out and about um, today doing some evangelism, and in the morning I was over at the abortion clinic. I'm asked if you're a Christian to please pray for these ministries as they are um, really, really important and, um, you know, are, are sometimes difficult to do. Um, there are at least three mothers who went into the abortion clinic this morning, potentially four, um, who most likely got abortions of some kind, whether it be through abortion pills or surgical abortion. It's a sobering and difficult thing to be 50 feet away from murder. Um, just please pray that we'll have an effect on the, on the women that when we're out there. They'll turn aside to us and, um, and speak to us. I mean, we're, we're there prepared to, to help them with whatever they need. They need, um, financial help to, you know, give birth to the baby or if they have other kids and they need childcare, um, or if they, if they can't raise the child, we have families who are ready to adopt the children. It's ask that you do pray hard for that. And then also in the evangelism efforts, um, you know, that can be a difficult as well. Um, but just pray to the people I talk to that the gospel comes across clear to them and that the Holy Spirit would regenerate them, make them born again, and make them believers, and that uh, we'd see a great revival there. Um, and also I'd ask that if you would uh, spread the word about this ministry here, um, wherever you are, you don't have to be a local here, but I want to, I want to set precedent for local missionary work in America. I mean, I mean gospel missionary work, not just doing some social activities where, you know, you do some good stuff like um, cleaning up a city or, you know, helping the homeless, stuff like that, which are good things. I mean, evangelistic work, setting a precedent for that. I don't see much of it. I'd like to see more of it throughout the cities of America that local churches can, by themselves, send a local missionary out of their congregation to their local community to bring the gospel to the lost and to help fight abortion in the area. Um, it's really, really, I mean, important work here. Um, but it's it's certainly not easy. Um, so I pray that y'all ask for, you know, pray to God that he'll give me strength and dedication and ability to do, to keep on fighting these fights. Um, yeah, upcoming, there, there'll be a little bit more information about what we're doing um, on the abortion fights. Um at the city level, what we're doing to fight abortion um, through city council and stuff like that, and how that's been going, um, that will be coming up uh, soon. But uh, again, if you uh, please pray for these things if you're a Christian, and also um, we really do still need financial support monthly from people. We have we've been getting, gaining more and more monthly financial support, but we're we're not nearly where we need to be and. Um, eventually, if, if it doesn't come in enough, then we won't be able to do this anymore. And that wouldn't be good. Um, the more I do this, the more I see the need for it. Where you talk to people who say they're Christians, like this, this poor guy from earlier, 
who had no idea what the gospel was, and yet he goes to a church. Total, total works righteousness in his mind, and he goes to a church and says he's a Christian. There's plenty of people who have no idea what the gospel is right in our own backyard. They even go to the churches in this area. This is a classic Bible Belt area. There are Bible, or there are churches, like li almost literally everywhere. On my own street, there are four churches within a mile and a half. No exaggeration. Four churches within a mile and a half from each other on the same road. Okay, they are everywhere. That does not mean the gospel is preached everywhere. Any Christian who says, well, everybody in America has heard the gospel is delusional. They are ignorant of the facts. That just demonstrates that they haven't done much evangelism. Because when you go out there, talk to people, even in the Bible Belt, they have no clue. No clue. The vast majority, I've talked to hundreds of people so far, the vast majority of them have no clue. I do run across some Christians here and there. I ran across one today. Great guy. Understood the gospel very well. But I could count the number of people who understand the gospel well. Um, it's under 10. And the hundreds of people I've talked to, um, the vast majority of them are unbelievers who do not understand the gospel. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. And that shouldn't be surprising to anybody who looks around us and sees the culture that we live in that is in such rebellion against God. Because people aren't born again. People are not saved. They're not Christians, even though they claim to be. So, again, please, please, please pray for these things. Pray hard for these things. Please financially support these things. It's necessary. It's This work is necessary, and it's so important. As you and hopefully, you know, if you can tell from at least this podcast, what, the, what I believe the gospel, how, how I believe the gospel needs to be, you know, explained clearly to people. So important to me. It's so important to, in the Bible, how much emphasis is put on getting it right, getting the gospel right. And um, I just ask that if you, you know, you see the need for this, that you'll please give whatever you can monthly. You can do that. Um, on our on our website, fullarmorministries.org. I'll put the links in the description through PayPal. It's very easy to do. Um, so I will ask you to do that. Well, again, um, to conclude, justification by faith alone, the heart of the gospel. And it must be emphasized in gospel preaching wherever it is, whether it's street evangelism or from the pulpit. It must be emphasized. It is an essential it's an essential of the gospel, according to the Bible. If you get it wrong, you don't have the gospel. You've fallen away from grace. Remember, justification is by faith, apart from works of the law. In other words, justification is by faith alone. Thanks for watching. Thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to receive notifications every time we upload a video. Also, please check out our website, fullarmorministries.org, and become a financial partner with us, because without your financial partnerships, these ministries can't happen. Thanks so much.